What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Decode Podcast. <laughs> so uh, I'm cracking up because of the, the, the live image that we have. Uh, oh my gosh. God. Well, oh I am. Oh my gosh. That has broken me today. No, good one. Oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> I'm going to edit that real quick. <laughs> oh, <damn. laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, I, I, I guess so. We can, we can explain why our live image is the way it is. Um, oh, wow. So for a, I guess, a temporary bit of time, uh, this is Wally's last episode with us. Um, until things sort of calm down for him. I know we spoke about this last week, where uh, you are going to be a DM for Magpie Games. Yes, I am. And uh, this is coming at a time where a couple of other things are coming up in your life, so it's like, hey, guys, I, I might need to take a step back for that. And we totally understand. We're totally cool with it. Um, but yeah, Wally is going to be stepping away for the show for uh, a bit, Uh we do not have an ETA, you know, he's got to take tackle some uh, DMing responsibilities over at Magpie Games, um, which we made that announcement last week, and, you know, he's got a couple of things happening in, in my real life first, that need my his attention. My first actually sold out already, so. That is awesome to hear. That is really awesome, um, actually. And uh, we can watch that game live, right? Well, this one won't be live, but um, oh, okay. it will. But people do have the option of hiring me for their service to do a live stream. So that's okay. Really mm. cool too. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know that that was one of the things that uh, is offered over at uh, Magpie Games, where they can, uh, you know, you can actually stream your session or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so that's really cool. I'm really happy. That's really cool. That I'm not happy that you're. I'm not happy that you're leaving. But, <laughs> you know. <laughs> So uh, I, I know that there's still some audio issues given. I don't know why, but, you know, I know that we can hear each other fine. And I, mm. I apologize, but I guess Twitch is just being Twitch at this time. And I don't know what's happening. So I have we'll each of you guys, I have you boosted like 100. Up. I have you at 150% mic boost, so. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's just Twitch being Twitch. Yeah. So. Uh, hopefully, hopefully you guys can at least hear me. Um, if not, I'll just probably have to change headsets or something. Um, but in in the, in the craziness of everything that is going on in this world today, you know, in the glorious year of twenty twenty one, aka twenty twenty part two, um, isn't it part one? Because it's twenty twenty one. I think we should no, call it twenty twenty one part two. You know, I know oh, it's not yeah, God. Not, <laughs> which is an amazing movie. So. I. <laughs> Don't <laughs> an amazing movie. Exactly. <laughs> so I can't um, say anything. <laughs> no. 
so like we, we did have uh, a couple of main topics for the show, but given that the week has been what it is, uh, especially with all this GameStop stock news and everything like that, Every- I thought uh, <laughs> we everyone could touch learned. a little bit on that. Everyone uh, learned because it pertains stuff. to gaming. <laughs> I mean, and it's something that we we want to poke fun at. I so. mean, if I may, everyone in twenty twenty learned how, how the stock market worked playing with turnips. It makes sense in twenty twenty one that everyone learns just to, just to try it with real money. I mean, it does make sense. It totally does make sense, yeah. It's like, I feel like the same people who learned about economics through Animal Crossing were like, hey, this also applies to real life. Let's do it. it Basically. It's really what it felt like. That's pretty much what it felt like. I'm sitting here. It came from, like... The fact that it started on Reddit just makes that statement even more valid. The word it's the it's the fact that it started on literally it, and I know that this is probably a terrible way to put it, but it started on what I think is one of the most degenerate subs on Reddit, Wall Street Bets, which mind yeah. you was founded by Martin Shkreli, which should tell you about all the people there. Um, <laughs> it's it's that's hilarious. It's just it. This makes my days in like. Scamming the market in EVE Online looked like child's play. Like For sure. <laughs> and those people just yeah. literally will, will let their money burn. They don't care. These people are literally letting money burn at this point. Yeah, they don't care. That's why they're on that. <laughs> they really don't care. Um, but just so that um, for the person who, for the, the few listeners that probably live under a rock and don't really pay attention to a lot of the day-to-day news when things like this happen. Uh, the long story short is that certain hedge fund, you know, big wigs uh, betted on GameStop failing and the stock basically being worthless. So people on the internet uh, decided to say, hey, you know what, we're going to buy these stocks, therefore increasing the demand for them, which it would in turn increases the value of the stock. What this in turn does is all those hedge fund people who betted on GameStop short selling itself wound up losing a lot of money. And we're not talking like thousands of dollars. We're not talking millions of dollars. They lost billions of dollars to the point where this part one particular hedge fund company is actually now on the verge of bankruptcy. Oh no, it is on bankruptcy. Oh well they got money pumped into them by like other They lost it. Uh <laughs> they actually lost it. They lost three an extra three billion dollars in a matter of minutes. Yeah. Uh, the, the, uh, the big reason why this is big a uh, big hubbub is it, in particular, it relates to the GameStop stock. Now, we all know GameStop has a very sordid affair when it comes to the gaming community, like I mean, the hardcore it, gamer. It, it's, it's, I find the irony of all this, the fact that like GameStop stock is involved, that not, many, not enough people has made the joke of, like, Oh, hey, remember that GameStop stock that you saw you could trade for, like, two copies of Sonic Adventure Sonic for Xbox? It's kind of like that kind of joke. I thought that somebody was going to make some kind of GameStop's trading game joke or something like that with the stock with the stocks. Oh, this is this is the turnaround for that. <laughs> yeah, this is the turnaround. I'm waiting for it. I have yet to see no one make a meme or a joke. I'm disappointed. For me... For me, watching, because I, I, I keep track of this because I am actually interested in economics like this. Like, I am fascinated by the stock market because it really doesn't make sense to me, at least, like, 
on paper it makes sense, but when you see it in practice, it's just like, what is happening? All this has proven to me is that these people do not adhere to the old adage that we all grew up with. Don't hate the player, hate the game. <laughs> no, it's true. I think like a, lar- a large reason that the pushback is coming so hard from these venture capitalists and hedge fund managers and stuff like that is regular Joe Schmo who's sitting at home dealing with quarantine stuff and whatnot, figured out the game. And they're the type of people who they had to go to school and do things like the hard way to become like some big wig, you know, broker. Except they didn't. They just, stock. They just got their jobs <laughs> through their friends. Let's, let's be honest here. Yeah. So they, they're just upset that, you know, we figured out the game. And it's once again due to the fact that these rich bigwigs who have been doing this X amount of years and are sitting pretty at like 60, 70 years old or whatever, forget the power of the internet. They forget the power of people and computers. And that's literally what happened. You know, they got played at their own game and they got beat. They played, a stupid, they, they played a stupid <laughs> game. They won a stupid prize. And I'm sitting here laughing because yeah. this... This is essentially what happened in 2008. Yeah, it was. This really is the subprime mortgage fiasco all over again. But this time, the people left yep. holding the bag mm-hmm. is not the retailers. It's not the retail. Um, they're known as retail stalkers because they, they're people who do it on their own. They don't go through a fund. Mm-hmm. Um, I, they just, what's it called? It's now, the, the shoe is now on the other foot. And... It's funny now because everything that's happening, government will have to actually bail someone out at the end of this. The longer they hold this, the more these funds are going to run out of money. For sure. The more they yeah. run out of I money, mean, it, gets kicked up, it gets kicked up the ladder until it hits a bank. No bank's going to want to have to pay out like $50 billion. They're not solvent to do that. <laughs> right. Yeah. So just just to give people an uh, an idea of how crazy the stocks went for GameStop last summer, around I want to say June July, GameStop was about three to four dollars a share. The company is now trending at I believe about three thirty five, three forty yep. a share, which is a phenomenal increase. Um, yeah. For especially for a company. That's known to be a struggling company. They've had a lot of financial hardship over the past couple of years. They've made a lot of internal changes just within the last year alone. And this year, at the start of this year, they have a new CEO. Um, so things might change. Who knows? You know, We know that they still have a lot of restructuring to do. They still have a lot of losses to account for, to cut. So we are still going to see more store closings. We are probably going to see some more employees uh, let go and whatnot. Um, but I think I think a large part of the reason why this rally for them came, not just you know for the memes or anything like that, but I really feel like some people out there were like, yeah, you know what? We, we, we may whine and moan about GameStop's practices, but at the end of the day, they're really the last bastion for gaming retail. Outside of the regular mom and pop shots that we have, you know, if your city's if your yeah. city is lucky yeah. enough to have like, one of those. GameStop like, is really the last bastion of that experience of walking into a store and 
looking at all the video game things around you, you know, like remember when the Toys R Us's exist, how excited yeah. you were as a kid to go into like the R zone. It, <laughs> it's the whole thing where it's like, you need that. Like, yeah, you have shopping for video games is great online and everything, but not even just to, like to go and buy the game in a store, the experience of just walking into a video game store and just walking around, looking at all the games, see what's seeing what's out seeing what's in the used pile, looking at all that stuff. And you may not even buy something, but just the experience of going into a game store and just doing that is such a, like, it's that last little bit of my, of your of my yeah. childhood, at least, that I have you know, left in this world, you know? Yeah, like, you know, for those of us who are older now, like, we, we're coming from the days of, like, where before GameStop, you know, there was Funko Land, Electronics Boutique, uh, software, etc., babbages uh, and things yeah. like that. Mind you, those are all the stores that eventually got bought out and became GameStop. Now, yep. um, <laughs> must you hurt me like this? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm old and I will use it. <laughs> I'm not that old, but you know, I've been around a while. Next thing you're going to tell me a is long Sun Coast. Uh, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. Um, what I was saying is like you know that like it's the last bastion of that kind of experience. Like I don't even count the other retailers that still have some type of video game stuff in there as equitive to that experience. Like going to Best Buy is whatever now. Going into Target yeah. is whatever now. You know, like going to but Best like, Buy to buy video games is like it's like the equivalent of like going to the supermarket. And walking around and finding the like the cake aisle, That's right? Like, just like an aisle in the gigantic electronic supermarket that is Best Buy, and you know it's just mm-hmm. an aisle in the gigantic consumer supermarket that is Target. So it's like there's no real love to it because you go there and all the games are in the rack, but they're just behind that protective plastic. Oh, so that's yeah. like you're just walking by them, you're just like looking at them, you're like, hmm, yes, that's a video game. And you keep walking. It doesn't feel like a place where you can just feel walking in and just like touch everything, pick up a box, look at it over, appreciate the art on the cover, put it down, you know? That's the that's what I love about going to GameStop and other kind of game stores. It's funny because this rally actually yeah. kind of saved like it's given the the investors at GameStop and act like the actual investors who sit on the board of directors and everything. They're sitting there and just like they're taking this and they're running with it. Like everyone expected GameStop to actually go bankrupt by the end of this year, and this is the turnaround. <laughs> yeah, and 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 they have even come out and said like, okay, you know, like we're great that you believe in us this much. You know, give us time, we will show you that we're worth it. Yeah, and I feel like. You know, it's not going to happen right away, but I feel like within the next five to ten years, we're really going to see GameStop embrace the culture of gaming a little bit more. You know, the company is not going away anytime soon. Yeah. I, I know I know that the people on that board understand what they have in their hands. They understand the importance of gaming, especially in today's society, with gaming becoming as ever relevant as it is and as mainstream as it is, especially with esports and the rise of streaming and things of that nature. You're going to see GameStop do something that a lot of other retailers 
uh, haven't done, or and a, do. the reason why a lot of these other retailers have failed is you're going to see GameStop actually adapt and evolve into more of an experience rather than it is a store. It's still going to be a store, but I really feel like they're going to embrace the experience of gaming, and that's what's going to keep them around for a lot yeah, longer. I feel like this is going to give them that shot in the yarn that they needed to like reinvent themselves, like you said. Because I remember remember when they uh, absorbed in ThinkGeek and they pretty yep. much changed from that uh, classic video game store feel to like, oh, we are now just a big nerd boutique and we have video games. And that is kind of yep. like what for me personally, and remember what I said about like, you know, the video game aisle at the, at the supermarket? That's what I mm-hmm. felt like those days of GameStop was like, where it was just like, yeah, you're now a glorified video game aisle. That's what it was feeling like. Remember, like, the years well, when it was, like, the whole power to the gamer years? Those were great. I love those yeah. years. Well, the thing is, like, that culture goes hand in hand, so it makes it made sense for them to embrace it. Um, I do think, like, some of the locations went a little too ham-fisted with it. Uh, you know, if you are in New York City, I can easily point out the main flagship location on 33rd Street and 6th Avenue. I despise walking into that GameStop. Yeah, I do not like walking into that one. But like, because like that bottom was just a GameStop. <laughs> that was great, but now, yeah. oof. you know, yeah. the downstairs area, just like I just go down there and I like, I look, I, 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 I give it the same distaste that I give walking into a hot topic. And the only reason I say wow. that I do that is because yeah. I also action figure hunt and I collector hunt. So I try to find like, you know, the random rare things that I might be able to flip at hot topics and GameStops and things like that. Uh, but the one on 33rd and 6th, I, I walk in there and I feel like I've walked into like a really bad rundown gas station with a really terrible bathroom. Yeah. So, I. <laughs> That's I really hope this this will pump a good amount of you know money back into them so that they can you know save themselves from I mean the side this stock weird medi- mediocrity. I mean the side stock that everyone was also doing AMC literally just said, "Hey, our stock did well enough that people want to lend us money, so we're no longer going bankrupt." <laughs> so AMC is alive, yay! Yeah. <laughs> I mean, movie theaters have been hit pretty hard. You know, uh, I I have thoughts about that, but we are an esports and gaming know, podcast. We're not a movie. We're, we're not a movie podcast, so we're not going to go into that we're, territory. We'll go into that one, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yet, yet he said. Um, yet. But <laughs> yet, that's the other thing. Um, but in the meantime, uh, what have we been up to into the world of gaming? Uh, anything new? that we've been playing or keeping an eye on, you know, anything old that we've been replaying. Um, so <laughs> I started playing Torchlight 3 because I found out that it was free on Game Pass. So I put it in the Xbox and I've been playing it. Oh, man, it's actually really fun. Yeah. Like, it's, it's a legit fun game. Thank you. Um, <laughs> it's a legit fun game. It's it's very, because it's very obvious that they, this was the failed MMO they were going to make. Yep. And they just, you know, turned it into a single player with possible multiplayer element. And it's a pretty decent game, you know? It's, it's pretty cool. I enjoy it. It's a nice little game that you can just, like, get yourself lost into and just, like, go with it. Yeah, it's pretty great. I'm liking it a lot. It's funny that you mentioned that because guess what I've been playing? Minecraft Dungeons. That's, oh, God. 
I yeah. actually, I'm, it's, it's just one of those games. It's like, oh, I'll just play this just to like wind out. And I really like how Microsoft Studio built this whole world and story from almost basically nothing. Like, Man. it's. I wish that game was better. <laughs> I get that it's like, it's kids' first um, Diablo. It is literally Fisher Price, my first Diablo. Yes. And it's... <laughs> but listen, I can play that game good. on my phone. <laughs> And um and just pick up and play it on my uh, PC, then pick up the same save file and play it on my Xbox. I'm not complaining right now. <laughs> Look, I, sure. love, I, I, I love all this. I love that whole stuff I can do with it. It's great. I love it's it. it's really great. I would just play Diablo. Like those. Because well, I don't because wanna, I'm, I well, don't want to get Blizzard money. Me has been boycotting Blizzard ever since, and believe me, it's going to be rough when Diablo Four comes out. Not for me after oh, that. Man. After that news report. From Activision. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, so, like, like I said, yeah, let's, I, let's talk about our favorite company that we love to rag on. So I, I, man. Yeah, let's just rag on Activision one more time. I got one more in me about Activision. Oh, boy. <laughs> You're lucky, Activision. You have Crash Bandicoot. Right? Oh, ah! oh, it hurts. It hurts so much. <laughs> and spiral. I cry. Oh. Anyway, um. Oh. Oh, damn, I lost the article. I had it saved, and I was like, I don't know who we were going to bring it up, and I wanted to bring up the, the article. Anyway, um, Activision is under fire again because they're idiots. Um, <laughs> and that's like the long and short of it all. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's it. Uh, that's the long and short of it all. But uh, basically, they came out. I'm trying to get their exact quote. Anyway, um when asked about uh, you know diversity question. inclusion, uh, they they basically said that it wasn't a worthwhile thing to look into. Well, no, what they said was uh, it was an unworkable encroachment on the company's ability to run its business. <laughs> this is just to interview one. This isn't even to hire anyone. This is to interview someone. Yes. Um. <laughs> And and the reason for that is you know uh, it, it's it's corporate lingo, and I, and the only reason I know this is as someone who what, ran stores yeah. and stuff like that. Um, when a company says this, it, it's what they really wanted to say, but unfortunately they said it the wrong way. Is when it comes to hiring, they want to hire the best person for the job, regardless of religion, race, or creed. And I get that, you know. But the yeah. way they came about saying it was wrong and borderline racist. <laughs> it was like and sexist and ageist and yeah, ableist and they, yeah. They legit made or they pretty much made a very corporate way of saying of saying all lives matter. But it's like no, yeah. don't don't say that, man. Why are you saying this? Why are you doing this? You know, you know, oh, man. You know, and this is the thing, you know, some companies, I mean, it's probably done a lot less more so now because times have changed and some companies have grown as, you know, more mature in that aspect. But there has been cases where a person has been hired because they are female or they're, you know, black or Latino or Asian American and things like that. And companies have done that because through contracts and things like that, if they have an X amount of percentage of this nationality here, they get some type of 
benefit of that. This has been proven. Yes. It's happening a lot less now because people have figured it out. We're like, hey, that's wrong. Um, yeah. This one, though, is... But probably... Activision is still under that old mindset, unfortunately. Yeah. This um, is, though, through their, um, for their upper board. This is actually literally for the board of directors. Like, when they're hiring for their board of directors. Yeah. Where they're hiring for the yeah. one of the directors, <laughs> if you're a publicly traded company, you must, it is actually law, if you're a publicly traded company, you must have at least some applicants that are applying for this or are on your short list that are not, you know, white old men. Look, it, it's basically just like this. They, <laughs> it's basically the term is called diversity. Yeah. All right? Yeah. Basically, this is what it is, is, is that... A lot of times, a lot of these companies will do the whole diversity hire thing, and it has happened. I know many of people who have been through this that situation, and it is terrible feeling to go through because you think you get hired because of your creativity, because especially when you're working in creative, you get you think you get hired because of your creativity, and you think you get hired because you know you actually impressed these people. But then it turns around, it's like, oh, no, we are actually only hired you because you're black or because you're queer. That's the only reason why we hired you. So that kind of feeling is just horrible. That's why when you they put out a statement like this, it's the most, like, diversity hire equivalent of the statement of basically saying all lives matter. And that's that's terrible. Especially when it comes from a company where people are lining up to make stuff for them. If it was like a mm-hmm. company where they handled money, if they were an accounting company, it pretty much goes like, oh, well, yep, that's big business for you to do. But this is a company where people legit want to show off their work to them. And if they get hired because of not their creativity, but because of their because of their marginal because they're part of the marginalized community. It kind of just gives a whole fuck you to the rest of the people in these marginalized groups. That they're not going to look at us for our work, but for who we are and our color of our skin. And that's terrible. Definitely, you know. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's Activision. And I'm just no longer surprised about them being in the wrong 99% of the time. Yeah. Um, and it sucks because their their caliber of game is great. That's what it you know. bugs me so much. They, they have really good ideas. They have things that I like to play, and it's just I they do things, and I look at them, and I'm like, man, I just don't want to support you. Like, no, I'm just going to stop. And I have, you know. It's just like I'm not buying your stuff anymore. I don't care Unless it's absolutely free and there's no way that you make money of or off of it for me, then maybe. Which is impossible. That's a very that's, that's like, a very big maybe. That's I mean, who like knows? Physically I mean, impossible too. When you really, when you really think about it. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure Diablo Immortal will be free to play. It's obviously going to have you know monetization, I but that uh, that if it's free to play, uh, I'll probably play that one because it's free. <laughs> I forgot that that was an actual game. Oh yeah, I, I'm sure. I'm, I'm pretty sure uh, a lot of people forget that it's coming out too. So yeah, wait, isn't is BlizzCon so supposed to be happening this weekend or something or next week? No. Like they they were supposed to know. do an online BlizzCon. I haven't heard anything about that. I haven't heard anything about it myself, but I don't think they care to do anything about it either. No, I mean, 
honestly, you know you're messing up when you're making EA look good. Like this, this <laughs> it's just this is facts by now. Yeah, it was supposed yeah. to be. It's supposed to be. Yeah, February nineteenth to twentieth. Huh. Yay. <laughs> huh. <laughs> well, anyway. Yeah. You know, let's get into some better news. You know what was earlier this week that was really awesome? What? The New York the New York Video Game Awards happened uh, this past Tuesday. It's the 10th annual New York Video Game Awards. Oh, which man. Are I'm, full of, I'm full of COVID sad now because this yeah. year like, I was there. Yeah. Uh, this this year was digital only. Uh, the New York Video Game Awards. This was their tenth annual awards ceremony, co-hosted by Reggie Fizami, former um, Nintendo of America president and all around glorious man. Um, but this year was a uh, special, very special because you know they had to do it with an all digital audience. Uh, saw all of the most viewership increase uh, they've ever had due to the new digital format. And we're going to go over some of these uh, winners and, you know, nominations because we're in New York. And I love that a lot of the awards are named after parts of New, New York. York. That's the best part. That is the best yeah. part. I love that. It's the best part. So, yeah, um, part. you know, I'm not going to go over like every nominee except for certain selections. But, you know, we have stuff like the Knickerbocker Award for Best Games Journalism. That award went to Jason Schreer, formerly of Kotaku. He's now at Bloomberg. Um, so congrats to him. Um, we also had the Shea Stadium Award for Best Esports Event that went to the Overwatch League. Uh, surprisingly, over League of Legends Worlds and the Mortal Kombat 11 Final Combat events. Like I kind of felt like those may have been bigger than Overwatch League. Shadow East was actually but hey. bigger. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think League was bigger. <laughs> I, I think League was bigger. I mean, that was kind of surprising, but I was like, oh, okay, whatever. You know, but... You know, I just love that there's a Shea Stadium award for it. Like, that's yeah. cool. You know, <laughs> you know respecting, the, respecting the proper team. Anyway, next exactly. one. Uh, there was the Captain Award for Best Esports Team. That went to Red Bull OG for CSGO. That was, that uh, was I felt, was well awarded. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, Red Bull. It's OG. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no. There was the Freedom Tower Award for Best Remake, and the nominees for this one were Demon Souls, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2, Black Mesa, Mr. Driller Drill Land, Resident Evil 3, and Final Fantasy VII Remake, which wound up taking the Freedom Tower Award for Best Remake. Um, Final Fantasy VII Remake is no stranger to being mentioned in these Game of the Year lists. It made our own. <laughs> I was—I um, I totally forgot about the Mr. Driller remake. Yeah, I think a lot of people. I because I loved Mr. Driller. That's why I loved Mr. Driller. So it's like, oh, I didn't know there was a Mr. Driller remake. I really want to play it now. Uh, it, okay, so it's weird. It is a remake, but not to the West. It's actually a new game to the West. <laughs> it's a remake <laughs> to Japan, but not to, to us. If that makes sense. I mean, I'm gonna play. I love Mr. Driller. It's, it's a good game. It's a really good game. Can also be very mean. Stupid blocks. Wow. <laughs> Stupid blocks. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, uh, we had the Great White Way Award for Best Acting in a Game. Uh, obviously, the mainstays that we all know and love were there. No Troy Baker this year. Uh, Laura yeah. Bailey was up 
uh, Ashley Johnson was in there as well from Last of Us Part 2. Uh, but the actual winner went to Logan Cunningham, who plays Hades, Poseidon, Achilles, Charon, the storyteller, Asterius, in Hades. Um, one of the things that definitely happened this year was Hades walked away with a lot of at wins. Well warranted. At the name. <laughs> but it's well warranted, because Hades is amazing. Uh, you had the Herman Melville Award for Best Writing, which also went to Hades. <laughs> you had the Statue of Liberty Award for Best World. That went to Ghost of Tsushima, beating out Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Demon's Souls, Cyberpunk 2077 for PC, and even the Microsoft Flight Simulator, who was you, something you know that nominated. You know <laughs> Wouldn't that I be the best world because like, it's the only uh, real world? <laughs> Yeah, well, it's that because it's the real world aspect of it, but um, it's because unlike all those other games that were mentioned, it had that whole immersion aspect into it because it was a very minimalistic uh, user interface. So you weren't like just didn't feel like you were like some guy in a simulator running around. You felt like you were there in the world running through the fields of Tsushima. And I think that is probably why I took it. And mm. I am here for that. Of course, I mean, Ghost of Tsushima uh, almost made our game of the year. Um, which, by the way, for those of you who are wondering if you want to find our game of the year video, uh, it's available on our YouTube channel. Uh, that's youtube.com slash digital era entertainment. And uh, you can check out both of our award videos for Game of the Year 2020, as well as our Anime of the Year 2020 from our sister podcast, Dekai, which airs Every Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern. So, uh, <laughs> hmm. you know, there, you know, shameless plugs for all the other things that we love to do on the side. Uh, going down the list of awards, we had the Tin Pan Alley Award. I love that thing. I love that, that yeah. <laughs> for best music in a game, this one went to Hades. Um, it beat up I like Fraser, Hades music. Which is funny to me because that's a music oh. game. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I feel like, you know, Final Fantasy VII Remake, maybe. I don't know. I feel like that, probably out of all the things that had memorable music, how do you beat out nostalgia like that? I, I, it, it, you gotta, that's the thing, though. The fact that it beats out nostalgia is pretty amazing. True. Because, yes... It's like, yes, Final Fantasy VII had this great music that is memorable and everything, and they did it in such a way that drew in new people. But also, the music in Hades was just that damn good. And it told part, it was a part of the story that it was telling. There was everything from the, for everything from the music side kind of played into the game overall. Like the and like they and I loved even how they even incorporated the very traditional like battle music kicking in whenever mm -hmm. you would enter a room. I even liked that kind of stuff. It was great, and I I don't know. I just felt like the music in Hades did deserve the win because it was part of the overall story. And like I said, like I'm not knocking Final Fantasy VII's music; it's amazing music. But in this case, I'm gonna give it to Hades. <laughs> Okay. Uh, we had the Off-Broadway Award for Best Indie Game, which also went to Hades, beating <laughs> out Ori and the Will of the Wisps, Fall Guys, Spirit Fair. Like, I think New York was in love with, with Hades, Hades yeah. at this point. So. <laughs> New York is just really, really thirsty, all right? 
<laughs> with thirsty for Greek gods, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, we had the Coney Island Dreamland Award for best AR VR game. Half Life Alex uh, walked away with that one. Um, what else did we have? We had the A Train Award for best mobile game. That went to Genshin Impact. Uh, I, I guess. It is a mobile I guess. game. It is technically a mobile game. Um, it I know. That's what, it that's is what I'm a mobile saying, game. I guess. <laughs> We had the Central Park Children. (laughs) The games that it's up against, I've never heard of, actually. Other than good Sudoku. (laughs) (laughs) Central Park Children's Zoo Award for Best Kids Game went to Animal Crossing New Horizons. Beating out Astro's Playroom, Sackboy, A Big Adventure, Moving Out, and Dreams, which... I don't know why Dreams is there uh, for the best kids be there? I mean, I guess it can really it, like promote STEM re- STEM teaching and everything, but probably. Eh, yeah. And then their final award, which is the Big Apple Award for best game of the year, nominees were Animal Crossing: New Horizons, The Last of Us Part Two, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Doom Eternal, Yakuza Like a Dragon, and the eventual winner, Hades, which walked away with the New York. Uh, game Awards Game of the Year. So, to counter anyone out there who has this weird argument of, like, why why New York and us rumping Hades like that? Let it run you over. Y'all, y'all, y'all whack, y'all whack. Okay, let's look at last year's also Video Game Award. You know who also swept hard? Disco Elysium. Yeah. Okay? So, sure. that should have kind of, like, you know, if soon as you saw Hades on the, on the ballot, folks, it should have kind of like started would have you should have considered coming. Yeah. Like if you also look at the last year's uh video game awards, a a lot of indie darlings walked away with awards that year. Yep. Yep. So I think I think a lot of it too is also because uh as far as gaming is concerned, a lot of the a lot of indie studios are actually based right here in New York yeah. as well. Um most of them focus on like educational games and things of the like. Uh but this is like the breeding ground for independent studios. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's why they get a lot of love at the New York Video Game Awards because it's the most New York thing we have as far as game development. Yeah, that's actually true. For and like as far as like players, actual yeah. studios, uh, like I know that New York is home to Rocksteady and Avalanche. Rock, I know. I know Rocksteady's here. Um, that's. That's it. I if you're just talking about the city, but, uh, um, there's also Lab Zero Games is located here. Yeah, um, that's all too. There's also, we but have, if you move out to the state, yep. there's Blue Hole upstate near Albany. Um, the people who did the uh, Mario Kart game, the uh, oh my god, I just forgot their name. The one that has the Mario Kart Live with the actual go karts that you drive oh, around. Oh, uh, those guys that did the uh, big kart game. Yes, and now my my Velen Studios. Yeah, you yeah. have Vicarious Visions is uh, up in Rochester as well. Yeah. So uh, yes, Mario, that is correct. Um, Avalanche also has their New York office down here as well. Yeah. Rockstar. Rockstar, everyone knows Rockstar is in New York, yeah. so. Yeah. Rockstar is also, like, in San Diego. And also Australia. And, yeah. They started in Australia, then they came to New York, and they went to San Diego, I think. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. 
Speaking of awesome studios, I wanted to take a moment to spotlight IO Interactive. We streamed Hitman 3 this past Tuesday. Um, the Hitman games have always been some fun, fun games. Like, the Hitman games uh, are like those games that you go in thinking you're going to get one kind of game, and you end up walking away as something completely that you did not expect it to be. For sure. You know, I think uh, when it comes to the stealth genre, um, there's some of the best in the best. But Yeah. Um, I think this actually makes me excited for the new uh, game coming out. Uh, the new uh, 007 game. Yeah. Yeah, so they're working on... They're working on the uh, new James Bond 007 game. Uh, I had just recently discovered, because I remember at one point they had left uh, Square Enix, and they partnered with WB Interactive, and I had thought that WB Interactive bought them. But it turns out it was just like a a publishing agreement so that they can publish the Hitman 1 collection, Mm. as well as uh, Hitman 2. Yeah. Hitman three Hitman three they self published. Oh, that's cool. Uh, huh. and, that's cool. And they and they made their uh, production budget back within the first six days of the game being released. So Hitman three is obviously very successful for them. Yeah. Um so it's gonna be uh really cool to show off the rest of the Hitman games over the next couple of streams that we have. Uh, day in and day out here at Digital Era Twitch. Uh, obviously, I'll be streaming that on Sunday. Um, I mean, like, I, I, I'm just really curious to see if they're going to take uh, the same stuff they did with Hitman and put it towards this James Bond game. Like, I hope they don't make it to basically Hitman but with James Bond. That's what I hope it, it isn't. That's what the last thing I would uh, that- that would be the easy way out, I think. Um, one of the things I do know is that uh, EON, with like the company that is behind James Bond, one of their complaints about the Bond games is they actually felt that the Bond games focused too much on the violence and not enough on what it's like to be Bond. Yeah. So, and IO Interactive is saying that that's like well, that's the idea that they're going with with this new game. Oh, I can see Bond. that. Like, I can see that. Like, it's less of a it's a stealth game, but it's like less of stealth as in hiding, but you're stealth as in hiding in plain sight kind of thing. Yeah, and that's kind of like how the Hitman games have always been. So, like, yeah. it lines up very well. Uh, if any studio can tackle it, it's definitely IO Interactive. Like, they're yeah. a fantastic studio. Um, Hitman Three is just such an amazing game. Like, the, the amount of things that you can do in that game it's preposterous the degree of freedom you have to tackle missions and things like that um case in point on tuesday stream where i what the second mission in the game uh you're hunting down this like i'm gonna call her the rich evil old lady an old evil rich lady um you your task is to kill her and she's gone into her mansion um and she apparently has faked her death but now she shows up and her family has thought she's dead she's like oh crap you're actually still alive 
she hires a private investigator because it turns out her brother apparently committed suicide, but she suspects foul play. And at a particular point in the game, you can then disguise yourself as the private investigator what? and actually solve the mystery. That's actually what? great. That's actually <laughs> great. And I thought that was phenomenal. And obviously, it's not the only thing that you can do in the game. There's other ways to take her out and stuff like that. But the fact that I was able to become the private investigator, walk around the entire mansion almost freely with the exception of like the very top floor. Like they're like, Oh, you're not allowed up here. Um, and literally find evidence to find like the actual real killer of her brother. Um, but on the stream, what we wound up doing was we found enough evidence to the point where it was suggested that he committed suicide because of something they had done uh, prior. Uh, spoiler alert, sorry. So apparently uh, she had pushed like their uncle off a balcony and someone had saw it and he was racked with the guilt mm. because of that. And then when she died, you know, he's like, oh my God, I have to take this to the grave. So he kills himself. And it gets to the point where like this rich evil old lady feels so guilty about what she did. She throws herself off the balcony. Oh, oh, Can, and that means canonically, Agent Forty Seven can wield guilt as a weapon, and it's the best thing I've ever wow. witnessed in a video game. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's wow. so this is gonna be great by uh, what's it called uh, when they do the 007 game because yeah, like I take back without being skeptical, man. I'm here for it. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. Yeah. It, yeah, it's hard I really, to do Bond. I feel like, and I feel like they have the most experience. So I, and that's what I find funny because when EA had the Bond license, I feel like those games were enjoyable, and they did pretty well. You know, if you look at the uh, the Pierce Brosnan game that they did, Everything or Nothing. Yes. Uh, that that game was fantastic. Yeah, Nightfire was also really good too. Yeah, the FPS ones that they had were yeah. also yeah. pretty good. Um, I think it was Activision that did, no, I think EA or Activision did the, uh, the Daniel Craig one that was a Bloodstone or whatever it was called. Yes, I think it was. Uh, that one was like, okay. Um, but apparently, you know, EON is like, no, we don't want to do that anymore. We want to want a different take on it. So I feel like IO Interactive is definitely in a good place, uh, to do that kind of game. Uh, I'm sad that they're going to be, you know, they're essentially, they're not done with the Hitman games, but they're like, okay, we have it at a spot where we have our story. It's beginning, middle, end. Let's put that on pause. Let's go do this other thing. Yeah. Uh, so that being said, what I wanted to talk a little bit about was what type of franchise mm -hmm. do you want to see done by a particular studio? Mm. Like, is there a studio that you're like, man, if they tackled this kind of game... You know, you think you think they would do well with it? Oh man, I got. Oh, let me see. I want the studio that does Ace Combat to do a star uh, to do a uh, Star Fox game, just straight ship combat. <laughs> hmm. that, that would be interesting. I, I don't know. If star Fox allows itself to be as simulation heavy. True, it is a fly by wire. The other one is I would like to see. Um, 
Bandai Namco or who? Wally, who has the super robot? Uh, Banco. Okay, so it is Banco. I would like to see Banco make a fighting game, but in the same vein of uh, Super Robot with the, just all the crossover franchises. Did they have that? They, they, there was. They, it, you know, they have, they have Jump All Stars. Yeah, yeah. Which isn't, yeah, but I'm talking about specifically in the Super Robot like mm-hmm. storyline. Just um, make it a, a fighting game. THQ Nordic. Okay. And I want them to make a Masters of the Universe game. Oh wow! Oh wow! <laughs> right? That's really cool. <laughs> right? <laughs> Ooh! Damn, Masters of the Universe by. But which, wait, like, because THQ Nordic has multiple studios. Wait, exactly. Did you want them? <laughs> Who would you voice I'm cast like, as? Uh, what's his name? As a Skeletor? Uh, no, I'm no, not a Skeletor. Not a Skeletor as uh, Machine Master. Who? Uh, what's it? Machine Master. Yeah, Machine Master. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> oh, but man, like, because, like, when I think about it, because, like, I'm thinking, like, what would I want? And I think, oh, right, the Darksiders studio would be great for doing, like, a Masters of the Universe game. Like, could you just imagine, like, that whole, like, the way they did uh, the recent Darksiders game? You know, not the recent one, not, uh, not, we know. Actually, yeah, I could totally see that. I can see two type of games. One would be, like, in the style of Darksiders 3, where it's, like, a very open world, like, a traditional Darksiders game with open world-ish kind of game. And you are either playing as either He-Man or Man-at-Arms or Tila, right? And then right. there's another game where it's uh, that's one that's like the first game. The second game would be a mass would be a Masters of the Universe game, but you're playing as Skeletor, kind of like how you played, you know, Death inside of Dark Siders Two. You're playing as Skeletor in Dark in this second game, and you could either play as Skeletor or you could play as Merman or you could play as Beast Man, right? And it'll be like that. And then the third, the final game would be. Um, it's like a top-down kind of like Dark Siders Affinity, but it's you play as either Skeletor or He-Man, and you are working mm-hmm. together to fight Hordak. Bam! I just saved you a fucking Nordic. The question is, do you so think the reason Hasbro I bring that up is because you know, <laughs> I also bring this up because uh, you know we know that the Star Wars license is no longer EA exclusive. You know, it's now they're now going to be bringing their games to Everyone. a bunch of different studios. Everybody, yeah. We, uh, yeah, so we have Ubisoft working on an open-world Star Wars game. Ooh. Um, but Yeah, I know. I'm not... I'm, like, excited. I'm, I'm like... It's like it, it's like that... Me- yeah, it's, like, half and half for me. I'm like, oh, I'm excited, but I'm also, like, it's Ubisoft. I don't, I don't yeah. want an open-world game in Star Wars Universe. I, it, like, do something better than that. I mean, I, want, I still want my Star Wars Uncharted game. Yeah, <laughs> but, I, I, uh, where was that? It feels like to me when it comes to like oh. open world, cool. it feels like the, such the like you know the safe route, and yeah. I don't like that anymore. Mm-hmm. So I know this is maybe like a little bit cheating, but oh. I would kill. For a Castlevania game done by Platinum Games. 
Oh, that's cheating, but I'm here for it. <laughs> I'm that trying so, to imagine is... it in my head right now, and it, all I'm just seeing is a lot of witch time. <laughs> I'm here for it. And I have no is... issue. And it's not even like the player gets witch time. No, it's Dracula who has witch time. And you, you have know, to go deal with that. I, right? it, I don't see it like a castle. I see that this Castlevania that is, like, is based off of the recent anime Castlevania. Yeah. But it's a platinum game. So you can play as either you can play as any of the three main characters, and you're basically going through season one of Castlevania. <laughs> oh man, that would be so cool! I played that. I would totally play that. Wally, would you trust yeah. THQ Nordic with a Thundercats game? No, I would not have THQ Nordic make a Thundercats game. Um, I would want to make a Thundercats game. Um, ooh, ooh. Um, and I'm talking about the 2011 like reboot. Thundercats. Oh no no yeah 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 okay okay. If it was 2000, 2011 reboot, yeah, yeah, let, me, um, let me let me let me specify that version specifically. I would want uh, to make that game. Hold on, I gotta look up the studio. I gotta look up the game. Okay. Um, <laughs> I would like Chucklefish to make oh. a 2000, 2011 uh, Thundercats game. It will be based off the whole storyline of the fact that Lionel is gathering up the the various uh, races yeah. to fight against Mamra. That is what the game will be based around, and it will be a tactical strategy game like War Groove and uh, Advanced Wars. <laughs> that would be really good. You can roll that would be really out uh, good. various. You can roll out like Thundarians. You can roll out the Tiger Shark folk. They're going to throw in there. They were actually going to throw in like the Silverhawks too. You can roll out them as different mm-hmm. units. Yeah. yeah, that's how. That's how it would yeah. Okay. Okay, that's fair. That's good. So you know what's funny is like we're naming all like these '80s franchises. We're talk about Thundercats and um, Heat Masters hey, of the Universe. Yeah. And I'm just like, you know what one company I would love to see tackle like a lot of these like nostalgic properties from the 80s and 90s? I would like imagine a side scroller of Thundercats mm-hmm. made by WayForward Games, the creators oh, of Shantae. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, they, yeah. Would, they would do totally. well. They would do just, really well. I just need WayForward just to make more like fun stuff like that because they're really good at it. Mm-hmm. Also, the Shovel Knight devs. Like, I. Maybe, yeah, yeah, I can see that, you know. Mm-hmm. If you want, like, that kind of, like, hard, like, you know how we like the old uh, Batman game, like, the old Star Wars-style games, where they were the 2D oh, wow. skies? Yeah. I feel oh, like I feel like the Shovel Knight devs would do a very good job that's with that. That's what they should do. Like, <laughs> WayForward game, like, they, WayForward games and Yacht Club games. Yeah. Like, either Yacht Club or WayForward need to make a new Star Wars side-scroller game. Base like that oh, is like wow. inspired by like Super <laughs> Return of the Jedi. And yes, Super, yes. Uh, Empire Strikes Back, but base it off the new like base it in the new current world that we're in now post the post the trilogies. Oh my God, could you imagine that? <laughs> Super the Mandalorian. Oh my God, could you, yeah, could you imagine a Mandalorian game in the same style as Super Empire Strikes Back and Super Return of the Jedi and done by like oh, Yacht Club? Oh my gosh! Could you imagine it done by Yacht Club though? Oh man, that would be, be so oh. That would be good, actually. That is that's good stuff. That is yeah. good stuff. That's great stuff. Oh, <laughs> man. I'm just thinking of the possibilities. So, uh, man, like, okay, here's uh, here's the bonus round. 
Okay. What existing gaming franchise would you want to see handled by a different developer? An existing franchise. An existing franchise. As in, you know how, the like, IP is still out there. The IP is there. It, you know, like, for example, you know, Capcom has Mega Man, but what's a developer that you would want to see take a Mega Man game that isn't Capcom? You know, for just okay. throwing that okay. out there. Not, but okay. I'm just saying, like, Oh yeah, to, uh, oh, yeah, Mario's Yeah, Mario has a good answer right there for you. That's actually pretty cool. I I'd play that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Assassin's Creed Mario Interactive. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'd play that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh man. Uh uh. Ooh. There's so many. I mm. Oh, 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 oh. Um Hear me out. A 3D Super Mario game, right? Like mm-hmm. Odyssey in uh-huh. that vein. But by Valve. The physics puzzles alone, though, would be incredible. I would, I would, no, not, okay, I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna add a little twist to that. I'm gonna add a little okay, twist to that. Okay. Not traditional Super Mario Brothers. I'm talking about Mario Brothers. Okay. That yeah. is how I could see like a physics puzzle of yeah. a Mario game. Yeah. But it's not like Super Mario, it's Mario Brothers, like traditional arcade style Mario. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be interesting. Um, okay, ready? Gunstar okay. Heroes, Oof. but done by Platinum Games. Why do you make me want things that are clearly illegal? <laughs> <laughs> I could see the fact that, like, so one Gunstar Heroes, like, like argue me, and I will, I will, I await your arguments on this. I. Me at Wally one three two on Twitter. Okay, <laughs> Gunstar Heroes was the first action game that got us used to aerial combos. Right. Oh no. Give me prove, prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. It was the first I, game that got you used to juggling with guns, launching and doing aerial combos. It was the first game, and it didn't reward you for your combo points. No, you just could do these endless combos. But that was the first game that probably, if you play Gunstar Heroes, you now play games like Devil May Cry. You now play games like Bayonetta. You played you played those games religiously now. I can guarantee mm-hmm. you this. But, yes, a Gunstar Heroes game done by Platinum Studios or a Guardian Heroes game done by, uh, redone um, by, uh, ooh, ooh. Yeah, way forward. I would like a re a remake of a remake of uh, Guardian Heroes by Way Forward. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you know what I want to see? Uh-oh. I want to see a Legacy of Kane game, not done by Crystal Dynamics, but insert Sony Studio here. <laughs> oh, Naughty Dog. Oh, uh, uh, you know what? Not even Naughty Dog. I want to see Blue Point. I want to see Blue Point games fair, handle yeah, a Legacy fair. of Kane. Fair. I wouldn't want Naughty Dog. Yeah, um, Santa Monica. Yeah, they I would be the nice best o- one. A nice over the shoulder. I would just, I would just like. <laughs> I mean, at this point, I would just like a Legacy of Kane game. Yeah, that's true. I, I agree with <laughs> that. I, I agree with that. <laughs> but like, could you imagine just like a nice over the shoulder Legacy of Kane game that was just like very minimalistic in what you can do? It's just like. Really, kind of like new, like current God of War, right? Yeah. Oh, I would, I would love that. And just the whole thing of warping between Limbo in that game too would be so awesome. 
It definitely would. That's yeah. interesting. Uh... Yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah, I just wanted to run about that with a little bit while we had time before we had to end the episode. Um, so yeah, Wally, uh, this is your tentative last episode uh, until you hopefully return. Oh, of course, return. of course. But what I want to do is uh, I want to leave the, the floor to you with uh, your farewell. Uh, but before we do, obviously, we're going to go into the shilling and stuff like that. Guys, thank you for listening. Uh, as always, if you want to continue the conversation, uh, you can always check us out on our Discord uh, link will be put in the chat in just a moment. Uh, so, And on top of supporting us through Discord, we also have our merch uh, over at our Stream Elements website. And aside from that merch, uh, we have also partnered with Image Anime, and we have a discount code for all online orders uh, on all in-stock product. Discount 20. Uh, you can put that in when you check out uh, to save 20% on all of image anime purchases that you make on their website. This does not include pre-orders, however. Uh, it's in-stock items only. And if you want to check out what some of the stuff that they have, and you are in the area over at the Lower East Side at the Waypoint Cafe at 65 Ludlow Street, uh, we have the pop-up shop there as well. Uh, and you can also say hi to Gino if he's there, not racking his brains out over cafe... Everything like that. <laughs> oh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, but Wally, the floor is yours, and you're welcome to end the show how you see uh, it. As always, guys, love each other, respect each other. That's all we got to do with this big world we live in. And just make sure you bring stuff to bring a little joy to everyone's hearts. And as always, you have been decoded. Thank mm-hmm. you.